The year is 1934. The place, Texas. And the situation, the decimating, unforgiving phenomenon known as the Dust Bowl is ravaging the once fertile, beautiful land that you have always called home. The dust takes everything, killing the crops, the cattle, and countless people. Every day you wake with dust covering you, in your bed, in your eyes, even in your lungs. And as all hope fades, you are left with only two options. Stay in this forsaken land and persevere, or leave for an unknown place a thousand miles away and hope against hope that you can make a new life for your family in the midst of the Great Depression. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of Pages and Pores. I am Ben the Barista. And I'm Hogan the Bookworm. And today we are going to be discussing the book The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. This book, as the intro probably indicated, uh, is set in the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression era. A wonderful time (laughs) for our history. Yeah. Yeah, and this is actually the first book I have read by Kristen Hanna, which is actually, she is very popular. Um, This is her newest book that she actually just came out with this year, and she's also really well known for other titles like The Nightingale, The Great Alone, and and, I mean several others. Mm -hmm. Um, She's really well known for being a very real, kind of depressing writer, because the stories that she puts out there are really, really realistic and very heavy. They're really kind of filled with impossible odds and kind of bittersweet. Kind of like a more versatile version of Lisa C, maybe? Oh, kind of, yeah, yeah. A little bit more on the dramatic. Yeah, and then just set more in American. I think I think the majority of Kristen Hanna is like, yeah, American um, hardships and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so definitely kind of in the same vein as... <laughs> depressing like yeah. like Lisa C. But the stories are really uh, beautiful in the way that they convey so much, even within the hardships. Yeah. And Does Hannah focus a lot of her stories around the same time period, or does she kind of go... You know, I I don't really know for sure because this is my first book by her that I've read. Gotcha. Um, This one was set in the Depression era, Mm -hmm. and I know that The Great Alone focuses, I think that's the one that focuses on the Alaskan frontier. And so, yeah, I don't really know if she focuses more on historical pieces or if she goes all over. They're probably more historical, really, based on what I've kind of gathered. She sounds like she likes to test her characters and take them to the limits yes and take the readers to the limits too yeah of their emotions yeah for sure this one was uh kind of hard to get through but it was definitely really worth it in the end it had an ending that i knew i needed to get to i needed Mm -hmm. to get through all of the stuff to see what this ending is and it was really worth it to me so good before we get into that like always uh let's get into our coffee first because i know you have something really good made for us today yes (laughs) i am very excited because today we are drinking one of my all-time favorite i say that about everybody Mm -hmm. one of my all-time favorite coffee roasters we are drinking killer coffee yeah and this is a uh, single origin Central America. Um, this is 
Huehue Tenango. And I re- when we reached out to them, I reached out to them on Instagram and was like, hey, we're doing this. You know, would you send us a sample? And I really, you know, anytime we reach out to people, you never know what, yeah. what how they're going to respond or whatever. But they were just super gracious. And they were like, hey, that's awesome. We'd love to send you a sample. What do you want? And I was like, hmm, that's so many options. So I was, I basically, I have had killer coffee on multiple occasions. And I remember every single time I've had it. And that's how good it yeah, is definitely. because usually as baristas, you drink tons of coffee and it's the cups that you remember that are always kind of the standard for when you're brewing your own coffee. You're like, how do I get my coffee more on those lines? And I remember just about every time I've had killer coffee and these guys are pros. They are everywhere. Uh, the first time I ever had a cup of killer coffee was at Holy Rollers. Um, yes. And that was really, that was really good. Um, they were hooked up with Clarity. For a long time. And I think Clarity's roasting their own now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, they could still be getting supplied from Killer. Um, I'm not 100% sure, actually. So, hey, Clarity, hit me up. <laughs> Fill me in on what's going on. Right. And we had Killer at Higher Grounds Coffee House. I don't know okay. if you remember that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I that's know a cool I've seen Killer space. around everywhere. They are everywhere. These guys are pros. The coffee that we're drinking is Guatemala. The flavor notes on this one, on the bag, um, they list cocoa, caramel, and that it's sturdy, which uh, when I first opened the bag, I got this amazing whiff of cocoa. Like nice. it was really smooth, really sweet smelling. And on their website, you can go to killercoffee.com. On their website, you can see all of the coffees they currently have available. You can also see different brew guides that they offer. Everything from V60 to Batch Brew, Chemex, Espresso, if you're doing espresso at home, AeroPress, French Press, these guys are absolute pros. They do it all. And on their website for this one, the Huehue, they offer a uh, a little bit more in-depth flavor profile, um, caramel, sweet peaches, milk chocolate. So what I did is I made two different versions of this. Um, I did pour over, a regular V60 pour over. 16 to 1 ratio water to coffee. I'm really getting the cocoa Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of the caramely notes from that. It's very, very smooth. This is a super smooth, actually pretty sweet coffee, and it's super good. And then I made an ice pour over, and that one is really good. It's more complex, which is interesting because I'm getting more of the brighter notes, uh, not necessarily like exact peaches Mm -hmm. but definitely more of the brighter sweeter some kind of fruit out of that and it's really really good either way so huge shout out to killer coffee if you want to know more about them go to killercoffee.com they are located at 401 northwest 23rd street in oklahoma city and uh yeah we're huge fans love these guys thank you so much for sending us a sample this is super super good yes so I've got my coffee. We are all set. Um, so now, how about you go ahead and read us your review yes. on The Four Winds? Yeah, and then we can get into our Yes, discussion. get into the discussion. Yes. So this story, I gave five out of five stars, which I was thinking at first throughout the majority of the book, maybe four stars. But the ending really solidified Ooh, the five okay. for me. That's good. This is a story of survival of perseverance through difficulty, and above all, this is a story of love. Love is what remains when everything else is gone. Set in Texas during the Dust Bowl and subsequently the Great Depression, The Four Winds follows the story of Elsa Martinelli, 
a woman who yearns above all to be loved and to be brave. Elsa grew up in a family that withheld love or any kind of affection toward her, making her believe that she was weak, useless, and unmarriageable. With only her grandfather as her source of love, she has memories from her childhood with him whispering into her ear, be brave. And that gentle, assuring phrase is one that sticks with her for the rest of her life. Because Elsa's life quickly becomes filled with heartache, terrible circumstances, and unavoidable sacrifices. Having lived in Oklahoma my whole life, I have most definitely heard of the Dust Bowl, but I didn't realize the full devastating extent of the dust and how it ransacked people's lives. The sheer magnitude of how it destroyed the land, taking people's livelihoods, and stripping away all hope for the future is nearly impossible to think of living in such a time. The fact that people died from dust pneumonia, woke covered in dirt, and had to make a way to survive when the land was too dry to grow anything is absolutely devastating. And to make matters even worse, the Great Depression came right in the midst of so much suffering. I don't think I had ever really put two and two together and realized that these two horrible events in our history went hand in hand. Author Kristen Hanna weaves a heart-wrenching tale of beating impossible odds and withstanding whatever the world can throw at you with sheer determination brought on by familial, or in this case, motherly love. She writes in an unapologetic, raw light, showing the utter hopelessness that countless Americans withstood. They weren't called the greatest generation for nothing. Seeing Elsa and her family overcome so many hardships really tore at my heart. This is certainly a story that will stay with me for quite some time, and as it's my first time reading Hannah's work, I'm looking forward to picking up one of her other books. I just need a bit of time to recover after this whirlwind of emotion. <sighs> Sounds so, yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Yeah, this, this book... It definitely took me a little bit longer to read this one than yeah than most reads, just because it was so much. It's so heavy. It was so, so much, <laughs> and it was only set uh, within a few years. It wasn't like a full lifetime. Yeah. It was just this particular moment in this woman's life and what she went through, you know, for several years. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the Great Depression lasted um, throughout most of the 30s, I'm pretty sure. We, um, I know I looked it up. It's only, it's like from 1930 to 1936 or something. Man, that had to be the longest six years. Mm. I mean, you said it only lasted a few years, but you know oh, it felt like a lifetime. It was devastating. People's lives were absolutely changed. And like mm. I said in my review, like we've lived in Oklahoma our whole lives. Mm-hmm. We heard about the Dust Bowl in school we read about it i know that i read like children's books about it when i was younger i think i remember i actually showed you the book the other day out of the dust Mm -hmm. and it's like one of those um dear america books you know like a diary type book um i read that when i was younger so we were definitely taught about it but i don't think that it was really conveyed to me the the sheer enormity of what the Dust Bowl actually was. Yeah, it was kind of glossed over. We didn't really go into depth on it. Because, like, you know, again, living in Oklahoma, we we know what it's like to have to withstand tornadoes and weird weather and stuff like that. And I don't know if it was, like, in my mind, the Dust Bowl was just kind of a similar thing that was, like, Mm -hmm. this weird phenomenon that they just had to kind of deal with in their everyday life. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like, this ruined their lives. Ruined, this, like, made their lives everything. stop. And I really wish that, you know, when my gran was here, 
I wish that I had been able to talk with her about it because she was born in 1917. Oh, yeah. And I know that she has memories of that. She would have had to have had memories of that. And I just, you know, she passed away when I was still pretty young. So I, I didn't think to ask her those things when I was younger. And I think it would be really, really interesting to talk with someone who actually remembered what this was like yeah. um the the majority of people uh either they stayed here and they just had to persevere and hope they survived mm-hmm. because so many people were dying from the dust pneumonia like the dirt would get in their lungs and over time it would kill them oh my gosh well and it was um mass exodus yes so everyone it was, either was that. leaving it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like you know it's not like Right now with COVID, where everyone's life has kind of changed a little bit, you know, we Mm. can't go to events and we have to wear masks and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, oh, this is so hard. Like we have, we know nothing. Oh, no. We know absolutely nothing nothing about true hardship. Because this, they like. They couldn't even grow. um, They had no food. They had nothing. Yeah, they were having to to survive on what they had in their cellars, what they Mm -hmm. had canned. You know, that's why in those eras, in those times, people would stock up so much in their cellars, like all the preserved things that they would can. And and then it got to the point where, because it lasted for so long that they had nothing even stored in their cellars to choose from. Mm -hmm. But the story itself starts a few years before the Dust Bowl. So we first meet Elsa when she is in her mid-20s. She is like from a a well-to-do family. And again, it's in the South. So, you know, kind of that well-to-do snooty type of family. That was very much her uh, upbringing. Uh, She was very different from her family, though. So from a young age, she was treated very differently. And she was made to think that she was not pretty and that she was unmarriageable because she wasn't like the other girls, which (sighs) is something that normally is kind of a like... Really, Why? when I read that in a story. Yeah. So the, the fact that that started out in a story, because you read that a lot with other stories. Oh, she's not like other girls or mm-hmm. whatever. And she's mistreated because she's not pretty, even though she's actually pretty. Right. I kind of had that vibe a little bit in the beginning. But, I mean, I quickly got into the story even, yeah. like, despite that. Because it was never really... Um, explain to us why her family thought that of her. Do you feel like that's a ploy of an author to try and get sympathy for a Yeah, character. like you're immediately made to feel sympathy Not for Not saying Elsa. that's what Kristen did. No, but... like you're immediately just like, oh, she's in a wealthy family, but she still yeah. is unhappy. Yeah. So that took me a little bit to kind of get used to, but the beginning moves very quickly, so we barely see her in that setting for very long. Okay. Uh, because she basically decides I'm going to make my own happiness and I'm going to pursue my own happiness. And so she steps out and does something. Good for you, Elsa. It, Maybe it, not. <laughs> <laughs> it results in her getting pregnant. Oh, never mind. Out of wedlock. Bad for you, Elsa. <laughs> which, Just you know, <laughs> like to her family's eyes, yes. Yeah. In that time, yes. And so she was immediately disowned by her family Gosh. when they realized what she had done. And, of course, she was clueless. She had no clue. She didn't even know she was pregnant. Her mom realized she was pregnant because no one had even talked to her. She didn't even know. Yeah, she just thought she was feeling sick or whatever. Well, they just probably took it for granted. Well, you're the ugly one. You're never going to have kids. They were shocked. No one's ever going to want you. They were shocked when they realized that she was pregnant. 
And they took her and they dropped her off at the family, like, of the man who got her pregnant, who was younger than her. Gosh, y'all just be jealous. They dro- Elsa's getting some. You're not. <laughs> and you're not, Jeez. yeah. They just, they, her family took her and dropped her off at his family farm. And here she is. She's like 25. The guy who got her pregnant was 18. Oh. 18 or 19, I think. He getting some too. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's just not the best situation for her. But she, she resolves to herself, even if this new family doesn't love me, because they don't know me. He doesn't even know me. I mean, he barely knows me. Mm -hmm. Even if that's the case, I'm going to make this a place for myself Mm. and I'm going to make not not make them love me, but I'm going to show them that I am worth. Elsa. Yeah, and you're gonna love me. Yeah. So that was her. Uh, that was her start, and that was before the Dust Bowl or the Great Depression even started or even was a thing. And Gosh. like the farms and the families that tended the farms and stuff were doing really really well in this time period because crops were. crops were wonderful mm-hmm. wheat was doing really amazingly so when the dust bowl and the drought came it was devastating and like so many people had such a hard time uh because this area you know Oklahoma and the surrounding states is so agricultural yeah um heavy so you know I don't really know what else to say unless you have questions. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you just stopped. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> I, it, it's a little bit of a tangent, and it's not necessarily specific to this story, but why? I don't understand when you hear about someone, whether it's a character or a person in real life, and it's like, oh, their family thought they were ugly. Mm-hmm. Their family talked down to them. They n- told them they were never going to be pretty or beautiful. I'm like, why is that? What's the reason for that? Yeah. What causes parents of a child mm-hmm. With- that they birthed and raised to turn on that child and say, oh, you're worthless? Obviously, they like, were just unhappy. Ugh, I just, um, you're rich. They, yeah. Like, and she had, she had, um, I think, two other sisters, which I don't even think we know their names. We don't even, because that was such a very, like, small part yeah. of the beginning of the book. Like, once her family drops her off and disowns her, we never see them again. Dude, good so riddance. That's good. We have no clue what happened to them. Jeez. And I would think of them periodically throughout the book because everyone goes through so much hardship, mm-hmm. even the wealthy people. Uh, even the bankers had to get to the point where they were really hurting. Man. And so you wonder to yourself, man, I wonder what's happened to her family did they die did they leave Mm -hmm. because what what becomes the thing is a few years into the dust bowl it is so devastating people can't grow anything you can't even gosh you know be out in your fields A a dust storm will come just out of nowhere you'll see it like on the horizon you should look up pictures guys if you haven't already it's just crazy to even imagine it. Dust bolt or the, the dust storms would come on the horizon and people would have to beeline for their house. Dude. Because if you were caught outside in the dust storm, you get lost. Or you something. would get lost. You might get killed. Like, you know, after the wake of the storms, they would walk out. Maybe they would see dead cattle or oh, even geez. even dead people who were caught in the middle of the storms. And it gets so bad to the point that. I mean, all of their animals are dying because they can't take it anymore. It's a drought, so, you know, not enough water for anybody, let alone the animals. And Elsa, or, yeah, Elsa is, like, trying her best to just 
take everything that she possibly can because she has two children at this point because it's like fast forward a few years after she got pregnant, you know, and then the Dust Bowl hits. So she has a daughter and then she has a younger son and she has made a place for herself in this family. Her uh, her family, like her mother-in-law and father-in-law, she's built a really, really good connection with good. them. So that's really good. good. They have some really good connections they've built. Uh, we don't really see that because the book just fast forwards and it's yeah. like, okay, this is where they are now. But her husband is... He's a good man. I'm not saying he's not a good man. Elsa loved him. Mm-hmm. He he probably loved her in his own way, but he wanted really badly to get out of Oklahoma. And so when he got Elsa pregnant, that was really taken away from him. Yeah. Because he was planning to go to college, and then that was like... That was just a a done thing. He wasn't able to go to college. He had to stay on the farm. And so he was really full of a lot of regrets and a lot of, like unrequited desires because of their situation they were still on the farm and now the farm was dying because of the dust bowl he was depressed Mm -hmm. and selfish and he ended up leaving them like a lot of men did in that time doofus apparently a lot of men did that um because they got to the point where they couldn't take it anymore and they would leave their families and then never be seen again yeah it so that happens and elsa's left on this dying farm with her in-laws and her two children. And she has made this place for herself in this land. She has become this hard worker. Even though she was brought up in a wealthy family, she works this land. She wants it to thrive. She wants it to do well. She doesn't want to leave it. You're seeing all these people that are leaving because of the dust. So many people are just packing up everything they own. If they have vehicles, strapping everything to their trucks that they can possibly strap. Imagine the Beverly Hillbillies. People would do that. Strap everything. Man, you don't even think of it in a time where we have vehicles. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Those were kind of like a newer thing, like fancy thing. It's like, it's such a very twilight zone experience it seems like because whenever i think of it i think of like sod house i know horse and plow and covered wagon that's what i think of. they had tractors and everything that's so crazy you think of it and you think oh that was such a long time ago Mm -hmm. it really wasn't it wasn't even a hundred years ago yeah it was not even a hundred years ago and that just blows my mind it does we know that but i don't think i don't think we fully know that you know it but you don't put it after the roaring 20s right that's what's crazy you think of the 20s and then you think of the 30s and great depression mm-hmm. but the dust bowl seems like i know 1860 it, it or something it seems in. like before the land run yeah. or something like it's yeah. crazy and it's just it's just absolutely crazy because yeah the dust bowl only affected a certain part of the u.s mm-hmm. so maybe that's why too that's probably why maybe that's why it's not fully conveyed in culture and stuff um we don't see it mentioned a lot we don't see movies really mentioning really. it i don't think so reading a book in this perspective was really really enlightening really eye-opening and i'm just over here like you know i've lived my whole life in oklahoma thank god i wasn't born during that time Dude, no kidding and that we didn't have to go through that because that who knows if we would have survived you know i'm really mm-hmm. thankful and and now I'm just thinking all of my, you know, all of my older family members. I wish I could have asked them what it was yeah, like. I know. But anyway, like Elsa gets to the point where she has to start kind of thinking about, do we really need to stay and tend this land that I love, that I want my children to grow up on, that I yeah. want my children's children to grow up on? Or should we leave it? 
And should we go toward California, which is lauded as the land of milk and honey? Like people will yeah. leave. People are leaving these areas, traveling hundreds of miles, almost a thousand miles over to California in the hopes that they will find jobs and that they will find something different and they won't have to live with the dust anymore. Gosh, that's so crazy. And people are talking about it as if that is the hope. Mm-hmm. But Elsa knows it's not as good as people are saying. Like, watch us get there and not have jobs. It's not going to be easy, no. like everyone's saying. Well, and she's and everyone's going, you know. Yeah, everyone was flooding into California. <clears throat> and, you know, so it was a really, really big decision. But she ended up having to go ahead and say, we need to go. Because mm-hmm. her son got sick. He got dust pneumonia. Aww. And he nearly died. And so that happened. And she was like, okay, we need to leave. Because if we stay here, he is going to die. You know, it's this really big thing. She ends up leaving with just her and her children. She was planning to go with her in-laws, who are wonderful people. Her mother-in-law and her father-in-law, wonderful people, but they don't want to leave their farm. Yeah. And the government is starting to kind of give some, like, help to the farmers. And this is several years into the Dust Bowl at this point. The government's starting to offer, like, 10 cents per acre for the farmers, Gosh. if the farmers go and start tending the land in a different way mm-hmm. to try to regrow what was lost. And so her in-laws say, we're going to take that and we're going to try to revive the land. You go and you go make a new life for yourself and your children. Mm-hmm. And they give Elsa like their pickup and they strap on everything. And oh, she... That's bizarre. And that's she crazy. takes off just her and her children And her daughter is, I think, about 13 at this time. Her son is about maybe seven. And she's thinking to herself, how am I going to make this work? And they trek all the way across to California. And they make it. And then when they get to California, they realize it's not going to be easy. Like how how she suspected. But there was a small bit of hope inside her. Hoping that, okay. Because they got there and she saw how beautiful the place, like the land was. And she saw these beautiful homes and she was like starting to feel this stirring of hope. Like, I will be able to make a life for my children. I'll be able to maybe get one of these small, beautiful homes and look, they'll be able to grow up and go to school again. And like all of these things. Well, when she pulls into town, like and goes into a mercantile or whatever, she immediately realizes that's not going to be the case because she is treated like absolute dirt. Mm. Californians were not welcoming to the migrants coming from all the other states. Crazy. Because these people coming from Oklahoma or Kansas or Texas, they were seen as these poor, peasantly dirty. Yeah couldn't do anything for themselves so they're coming to leech they're on like, our land they're like immigrants yeah that's how they were that's treated crazy. and that is addressed in the book too well that's they're, they're like how some people view immigrants but, but that's how yeah. it was that's how um like krista and hannah really addresses that and the fact mm, that that's cool a few years before the dust bowl there was a really big issue with a lot of Mexican immigrants that were in California who mm-hmm. had who had come over for a better life to live in the U.S. and they got all these jobs um, in the fields and stuff like that. And then California, like in, in probably other states, but it was a really big thing in California that they like made these laws and they deported all of the Mexicans. Oh. 
That was like shortly, just a few years before this happened. So then the Californians, in their mind, they're like, we just got rid of all these immigrants, and now we have Jeez. all of these migrants coming, and they they coined this term for them, Okies. Mm, okay. Pretty sure that term was not used until this, from what yeah. I gathered, because Elsa walks in to like try to buy a little bit of stuff, like when they finally make it to wherever they were in California. She goes in to like buy some gas or something for the pickup with her little bit of money that she was able to scrimp and save because like mm -hmm. they sold their cow so that they would get money from the government and stuff. So she had all these dollars she's counting. Oh and, and anyway, she goes up and this woman basically says to her, we don't serve Okies here. And Dang. she puts a sign on the window that says no Okies. And Elsa's like, what? I'm, I'm, What's from, an Okie? I'm from Texas. Yeah. And she's like, no, no Okies. Doesn't matter. Oh, so Okies wasn't oh, no, geared it was, towards Oklahoma. It was it referred was... to everyone. So everyone that was affected by the Dust Bowl, mm -hmm. they were looked at by, by other people who did hadn't experienced that. They were looked at as these poorly... I wonder why Okies. If probably it's not... because Oklahoma maybe was mainly the view. Kind of the hub for it. Probably because Oklahoma, I think, was kind of the center of the Dust Bowl, Weird. probably. But yeah, she was from Texas. But I mean, that doesn't matter. If you were from Kentucky and you were trying to get out of the Dust Bowl, everyone was referred as Okies. Crazy. And, and she was quickly told, you don't need to be on this side of town. You need to go over to such and such where all your kind live. Jeez, guys. Why, why is... <laughs> and Elsa's Ugh. heart is crushed. Everyone's so quick. She is crushed because she's like... To judge. How am that. I going to tell my children that this is the type of treatment we're going to be getting? But she musters up her courage because remember, she's always having that memory of her grandfather say, be brave, be brave. And he would say, even if you don't feel brave, be brave. Mm -hmm. So she's constantly reminding herself this for her children, like to make sure because her fa their father left. Yeah. She's gosh. never going to leave them. Dang, grandpa. And she wants to show that to them. Where so, are you? So she's cheerful about it. And she's like, come on, explorers. We're going to go over to this side where they've told me, you know, a lot of people are camping. Yeah, they don't have a home when they get to California. They have to set up a tent. Yeah. At, on the edge of what is oh, called man. a river. But it's this horrible, like, mud hole, basically. And it's where all of the so-called Okies are allowed to set up. Jeez. And there are hundreds of people, hundreds of migrants who have come from these Midwestern states in the hopes of finding work and finding new homes. And they're having to live by the edge of this filthy mud hole with their children, their whole families. They're setting up these tents and they're living in horrible conditions. <sighs> And it's so like a that, refugee camp. So that's what Elsa, like Elsa left the Dust Bowl and came to that. And she, she like throughout all of it, I mean, there are times where she obviously is heartbroken mm. and is really having to power through all of this, but she never lets it show to her children. Uh. And I kept thinking the whole time I was reading this book, I was thinking of, do you remember seeing that really iconic picture called, I think it's called The Migrant Woman? Or the migrant mother. And Maybe. it is this woman who, I think um, afterward they were able to find out who she was, what her name was. She's like in her 30s probably. She's sitting. I'm going to look it up real Yeah, quick. it's really, really about? iconic. You're going to recognize it the moment you see it. Um, she's sitting, um, holding a child to her chest. And she has like another one or two small children standing next to her. Her face 
shows so much Oh, emotion. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, her face shows so much emotion, and that is like the epitome. That picture is the epitome of wow. what people went through. And I'm pretty sure that woman was only like 30 years old then in that wow. picture. Yeah. And you can look at her and you can see that she has gone through so much more than any person should have to go through. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so every time, like, uh, like as I was reading this book, I would think of her. So anytime okay. I was thinking of Elsa, well, I mean, I was that may thinking have been of her. Kind of the intention. Uh, Elsa was supposed to have author. blonde hair and stuff, um, but I mean, I was thinking of that. Yeah, that, that encompassed. Mentality. Yeah, like um, so. That image. Elsa like was the strong, beautiful woman who didn't think she was beautiful and didn't think she was strong, mm-hmm. and yet she went through so much and she withstood so much just for her children. Yeah, and you know they get mixed up in this new place in California where Elsa is having to find this hard, hard work because again, all the Okies are being treated as if they aren't U.S. citizens. They're being treated as if they are these migrants that don't deserve anything by by everyone in California. And they're being taken advantage of. So the only work they can actually find, they can't just walk into a restaurant and apply to be a waitress. No, yeah. no, no one would take them for that kind of job. You, you don't look the part is kind of the mentality. You look too skinny and scrawny and dirty is how they're treated. Well, and feed it's like, me, I'm starving. Well, we're scrawny and dirty <laughs> because we've been through a lot. We didn't, and, we, we didn't grow up and, this way. Yeah, no, no. Like, you know, you look at Elsa, she grew up in a really wealthy family. Wealthy, that yeah. didn't matter. Like, that did not Jeez. matter. And no one was giving them the time of day the only place that anyone could find work this was not just men but women and children they were being to put to work in the fields in california so they were being put to work mostly to pick cotton during the cotton seasons mm-hmm. and then during the seasons where cotton wasn't available they were picking um fruit so they were having to follow this the seasons yeah and and travel Gosh. by foot usually by foot to these plantations and stuff to pick. And even their children were having to do it because they might get for like for a full day's work, like, I don't know, 12, 16 hours, 18 hours. I don't know. However long days of work and the back breaking sun and everything. 40 cents for a whole day. Yeah. Dang. Nothing. It's almost as bad as 10 cents an acre. Nothing like, and you know, the first job that she gets and she, breaks her back basically for a full day and the woman gives her yeah like literally like 30 cents or something and and Elsa's like are are you serious and the woman's like that's what you get you know and so it sucked yeah (laughs) no kidding this book Okay, so I know you probably don't want to give away well I've given away a lot you've given away a lot but not like I mean that's kind of just the tone of the story Mm. so when you like coming to an ending, what kind of an ending can a book like this have? Is there any type of redemption? I mean, don't give it away if it's a spoiler, obviously, because we want people to read the book. This, but what can you say? This is a story of perseverance. Okay. And above all else, love. Okay. Because, and I'm I'm reading up on Kristen Hannah and her other mm-hmm. books yeah. and seeing other people review her books and stuff. Kristen Hannah really focuses on intergenerational relationships. Okay. So this book has so many things going on, but one of the main things is the relationship between Elsa 
and her daughter, who was about 13 at the time, and they're butting heads a lot because her daughter's at that age where she is full of fire and spirit and she looks at her Mm -hmm. mom and she thinks her mom is weak. Because she doesn't understand. And she thinks, mom, you're taking this work and you're breaking your back and we're doing this for hardly any money. It's not fair. And Elsa's like, that's just how it is. What do you what do you want me to do? I am doing what I have to do. You go get a job. Well, I mean, she's working too. She's working (laughs) too. Um, How old how old is her daughter? About thirteen. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. I was I was thinking they were little. Like well, we kids. see her through about 12, 13, uh-huh. and uh, to about, like, you know, a few years. Yeah. So we see her budding into a young woman. And so she has all these ideas. And this is the thing. There's a lot of uh, talk among a lot of the migrants saying that this isn't fair. And a lot of people who want to riot. And a lot of people who want to protest. Yeah. Yikes. And, wow. the like, the government... And the people over them are basically saying, that's illegal. You can't protest. You can't, you can't gather and talk about riots or, um, you know, a lot of people wanted to do strikes. They wanted to do work strikes. A lot of the workers would talk about that. They were being treated as if they were communists. And so anyway, her young daughter thinks that that's the way to go. And it's illegal for you to have lost your home to an uncontrollable natural phenomenon. And and for you to want like And for you to be hungry. A good life. That's illegal. You're not allowed. Right. Like you're too skinny. That's basically what it was. Yeah. And so, you know, Elsa and her daughter, Lareda is her name. Lareda. Um, they wore She's a maverick. They wore together because Mm -hmm. Lareda wants justice. Yeah. And Elsa just wants to survive. And so that's kind of an intertwining of that. And that really culminates toward the end of the book on just what will Elsa do? Because she knows, she knows I wish I could yeah. do that, but I don't want to risk my children's Dude. lives. And so really there's so many huge things that come into play. So you many know? challenges. Like, so many challenges in this man, book. It, that's got to be, that's a tough tough story to take on and i can't imagine what it's like for an author to have to go through that with Mm -hmm. their character because it's not you know she's writing the story she's making it up but it's also Mm -hmm. like she's experiencing that with her character Well, and it's evident that Kristen really, really put a ton of research into oh, yeah. all of this and just the different factions of people that she introduces yeah. and the different um, opinions that a lot of the characters had about yeah. the situations and a lot of the things that the government was giving or not giving. And because there were relief funds and things like that, they were saying they were doing to help the people, but it was just, it was nothing. It yeah. Was, it was pennies and it was. So she did a ton of research on this time period, and that really, really impressed me. Uh, That was why I was going to give her at least a four star. Mm -hmm. And it was a little bit of a slow read for me. Yeah. So that's why why at first I was thinking, well, four stars. But then as it culminated and got to the end and I finished, Mm. I was like five, five, five. Five okay. stars. Five coffee beans. Because she just, she really, really handled this setting and these characters and this story extremely, mm. 
well. Yeah, fantastic. So I finished the book, and I was immediately like, okay, what's the next one I'm going to read? Yeah. Because I'm really impressed by the amount of just everything that she put into her writing. And she's a very, very good writer in that way that she just really makes you feel like you're in that setting with them. Yeah. The um, next one of Hannah's that you're going to read? Is yes. that what you meant? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So. I was thinking you need another book to kind of lighten up. No, no, the, no. The next one, <laughs> the, which is the, the next one of Hannah's. Yeah. Um, awesome. I'm yeah. excited to hear more about her other works. Yeah, I'm going to read probably The Great Alone next. I'm mm. pretty sure that's the one that's set in the Alaskan... Wilderness or yeah. frontier. Yeah, so that one sounded really interesting to me. I know The Nightingale is her, like I think, most popular. At least that's the one I've heard a lot of people talk about. Mm. I'm going to save that one for a bit just because I like to go for the ones I don't hear as much about. Yeah. And I've actually not been hearing a ton of people talk about The Four Winds yet. It only came out, I think, a couple months ago. Oh, so it's okay. not. I've not been seeing nice. a lot of people read it. In in my feed, you know, so that's why I wanted to cover this one because I thought it would be really cool to cover one of her newer ones, and then I'm gonna go back and try to find some of her other stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, yeah, okay, exciting. Well, I'm I am excited to hear more about her other works. Um, I'm curious to know if she tends to focus on major points in history like that, mm -hmm. like the Dust Bowl. Or uh, I'm curious about her her versatility as far as is she focused more on the event and she's creating a story out of it? Or is she just, you know, just doing multiple different facets of yeah, fiction yeah. and all I'm that really kind of curious. stuff? So I definitely know good. I definitely know from what I have seen in other reviews that I have read, mm -hmm. um, even reviews of this particular book, people mention her other books. And yeah. it, it seems to be the popular theme for her is to, I think, highlight mother daughter relationships. Oh, okay. Or you know, intergenerational. Like yeah. so. So I'm really uh, curious about that. Cool. And that was something okay. I hadn't been expecting for this one. So I think that's why it took me a little bit to get into because the book was written in Elsa's perspective, and then later on when Loretta got um, older. It was in Loretta's perspective Switches. sometimes, nice. and that's what I think why at first I yeah. wasn't going to do five yeah. stars, just because reading Elsa's perspective and then reading Loretta, who is younger, reading a younger narrator is not normally my preference, yeah. but she did it really, really Obviously, well. it's kind of necessary for the, the story in this instance, I, I think, just because yeah. of their relationship and the stuff they're going through together. That's a really, really good challenge for a writer um, to address something like that mother-daughter mm -hmm. relationship because that's a relatable thing, obviously. Yeah. But also, so many, so much of the time, the mother-daughter is such a strenuous mm -hmm. relationship for for different reasons. But you know, and, the, and this is this is tenuous at times, but yeah. it's very much backed by love on mm -hmm. both sides. Yeah. And that really comes through in the end too. So, so yeah, that's, that's our story for today. Mm. Do you have Very anything good. more to say about killer or, you know, before I do the outro? Yeah. I just, again, we just really, really want to thank killer coffee. Those guys over there are such pros. They're so good at what they do. Um, this coffee is phenomenal. It's smooth it's sweet. I am really getting the cocoa vibes from the hot pour over that I made. 
which is, you know, gone now. And uh, <laughs> the ice pour over, uh, it just shows the versatility of the coffee mm-hmm. to do two different brew methods from the same method, basically. And that's really good. They also have some of my favorite branding yes. of any, like, yeah. just coffee company. If you're interested in this particular coffee, you can go to their website. This is the Weiwei Tenango. And uh, the bag has what looks like the picture of a phoenix on it. But it's this really cool, like, sketch style. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Yeah. And they have a ton of other things. Something else that's really cool, they have a decaf coffee that is superb Mm. and um i know that because um whenever we would go to clarity shout out to clarity coffee one of our favorite coffee houses they really really focus on their decaf Mm -hmm. which not many coffee shops do very well can be amazing decaf can be amazing and they put out an amazing decaf so Mm -hmm. if you are a coffee person and uh you want to try something new or if you're a big time fan of killer go to the website show them some love if you're not really into caffeine but you like coffee go check out their decaf because it's phenomenal so another big shout out to them their website's killercoffee.com go check them out they're fantastic yeah so like always thank you for joining us on today's episode of pages and pores we really enjoyed uh discussing this book with you today yes uh make sure to follow us both on instagram i am at she breathes and ink and ben is at ben underscore burley we're both also on tiktok if you're into that if you ever have any questions or suggestions for books to read or coffees to try Mm -hmm. then definitely feel free to message us on instagram we're always super open to hearing suggestions uh but in Until next Thursday, I'm Hogan the Bookworm. And I am Ben the Barista. Happy reading and cheers. Cheers.